My neighbor sues me to get free money and epically fails, costing him $9,600. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. So it's been about four years since this happened. I was 18 at the time, working at a security company. There were constant call-offs and no-shows. Have no idea why. But being so young and naive, I was constantly working 16-hour shifts and not coming home until 8 a.m. I also lived with my father at the time. The time frame of this was around the 4th of July. I finally had the day off and my best friend was back in town for vacation. We decided to get together and chip in on some good old American fireworks. To be fair, I have nothing but bad experiences with fireworks, so I had no idea how this time would be any different. We got home with the fireworks and we laid them all out on the floor. Sparklers, bottle rockets, cakes, and Roman candles. I say, why don't we mess around with some sparklers since it's not dark yet? Great idea. We go into my backyard where it hasn't rained in well over two months and is extremely dry. You see the problem here. One of the little sparkies from mine or my friend's sparkler made contact with the ground and made two small fires that quickly spread to a larger area. I ran as fast as I could to grab the garden hose and quickly started spraying down the fire. It was no use. It was spreading faster than I could spray it. I handed my friend the hose and called 911. What felt like hours was only four minutes, and the fire was spreading to the neighbor's fence. The neighbor came outside, and they were fairly calm to grab their hose and spray down the fence along with the dead grass in her yard. The fire department shows up finally, and I tell my friend, only one of us needs to get in trouble, so you should leave. He was reluctant to leave because he felt equally responsible, but I convinced him. I didn't want him to get in trouble and have to drop out of college. My neighbor was super chill about the entire situation at first. I told her that we could talk about replacing the fence and get some quotes to repair it. She was just super grateful that everyone was okay. About two hours after the fire, the arson slash fire investigator came in to question me about the fire. I told him the truth. I said I was in the backyard by myself messing with fireworks and accidentally lit the ground on fire. I'd gotten off that day without being hit by any charges and was commended for being honest. Here's where it starts to go downhill very fast. About a week later, I get a knock at the door from the neighbor. I opened the door and she handed me two pieces of paper for me to look at. There was a quote for the fence valued at around 4000 and an estimate for lawn care valued at 6000 These were really shady and just typed out on a Microsoft Word document. No logo or company name. She then adds... I'll also be having you pay my water bill for three months because the new yard will need lots of water. Now, the fence this woman had before was raggedy and falling apart. Her yard, dead grass, weeds everywhere, never mowed it. Now, looking at this paper, she wants a mahogany fence and a brand new backyard with flowers and trimmed hedges. I said, I need to get an estimate myself. This doesn't feel right. She says, remember, you agreed to replace my fence and a real man keeps his promises. I shut the door and called my dad to tell him about what just happened. And he flipped the heck out and told me, son, don't you give that woman a single dime. He gives me the number to his handyman and tells me to take care of it. The next day, I had the guy come out for an estimate and the neighbor ran outside flailing her arms. I did not give you permission to get an estimate on my fence. 
Technically, it separates the property line, so it's both of our fences. She calls the cops on me for having a contractor and they ultimately can't do a single thing because I'm on my property. He quickly finishes the estimate off at 1200 I also knew a guy who did lawn care from my time working at the grocery store. He estimated the lawn reseeding while she was away from the house to be about $800. After I get these estimates, I give copies to the woman and she's having none of it. I don't know these people. I don't want them near my house. They're probably really crappy contractors. I said, no, I know them personally. They're really nice people and do great work. She shut the door in my face and I went on my way. I ended up working a 16-hour shift that night and got home at 8 a.m. And this woman comes knocking on my door at 9 a.m. and demanded that I speak to her. I explained, I would really love to do this, but I just got home and I have to be back at work in less than five hours. I need to sleep. She goes, what kind of lazy person sleeps in until 2 p.m.? At this point, I lost it and just told her, you can either accept my $2,000 for my quotes or bite me and get nothing. She stood there for a while with her mouth gaped open, but she accepted my offer and planned to meet down at the notary the next morning. I spent that night after I got off work writing a contract and gathering the $2,000 in cash. The next morning I wake up and grab this contract to meet down at the notary. I was thrilled to finally be done with this situation and never have to speak to her again. I waited for her for over three hours and she didn't show up. I get a call from her saying, I'm sorry, the 2000 isn't enough. I'm having my guys start work on this project and you'll be paying me full price. Oh, really? After that, I didn't say a single word to her. And I watched for months as these guys turned her backyard into an oasis, complete with a small pond, brand new sod and flowers, the whole nine yards. Come to find out, she had planned to remodel these things for a long time and was just waiting for the opportunity to go through with it. Also in this time, she used her remodel funds to go on a trip to Hawaii. You know how I found out about this? She was bragging about it on the neighborhood Facebook group and didn't know I was in it. I have a different Facebook name than my real name. Now for the revenge. So four months later after the fire and all the remodels, I get served papers to go to court for $10,300. At 18 years old, I'm having to hire a lawyer to work my case. When we finally do get into court, I lay everything out. The quotes, being harassed multiple times, not showing up after agreeing to a deal, not wanting me to get my own quotes, required by law, by the way, and her bragging about screwing me out of the money. And I have proof of all of this. The judge looked at her and said, Ma'am, with all due respect, you are out of your mind. Not only did this young man tell you the truth of what happened, he offered to pay you more than he was supposed to. Your lawn was already dead before the fire occurred. Therefore, he's only responsible for the fence of $1,200. I will also deduct from this his lawyer fees of $800. So I burned this woman's fence down and all I'm having to give her is 400 bucks? Cool. She took a huge financial loss from this. Not sure how much the Hawaii trip cost her, but she was in serious debt. She ended up having to sell the house because of it and moved into a smaller house. Haven't heard anything from her since. Can I really be the jerk when she did it to herself? Yeah, this one's a safe, not the jerk. Good on this kid for managing to keep his head while having to deal with what seemed to be a very frustrating woman. And he played it the perfect way, too. Literally letting her dig her own grave. In this case, all he had to do for revenge was just sit back and watch. 
I'm not sure in what universe this woman thinks that this kid has to pay for a full brand new backyard. Like the poster said, she had all the amenities going on back there. All she had before was dead grass and weeds. It's not up to him to buy her all of that new stuff. The judge even ruled he wasn't responsible for the lawn and only the fence. Him offering to pay for the lawn was already going above and beyond, and she felt the need to try and milk it out an extra 10 times what it was worth? I really don't feel bad about this woman at all from the repercussions of having to sell her house and such. She had it coming. Entitled mother makes a huge scene because her daughter wants the dress that my daughter's trying on. I took my daughter homecoming shopping at our local mall. She was in a dressing room and I had several dresses hanging outside the door. The shop was very busy and full. I was standing outside her door waiting for her to come out and show me the dress she was currently trying on when some entitled mother came over. The entitled mother started looking through the dresses we had chosen hanging on the door. I said, excuse me, but those are dresses my daughter's about to try on. The entitled mother says, I know, but my daughter really wanted to try on this black one and you have the only one in her size. I told the entitled mother that she could have it after my daughter tried it on if she decided it wasn't what she wanted. Entitled mother huffed and walked away. My daughter came out in a red dress that she really liked, but still wanted to try on the rest. So I held on to the red dress. Entitled mother comes back and asks if she's done with the dress yet. I say, no, she's trying it on now. Entitled mother gets huffy and tells my daughter to hurry up. Then she eyes the red dress in my hand and says, what about that one? I told her it was a contender and she goes off complaining that we've taken all the dresses in her daughter's size. Then she notices another dress we have hanging on the door and completely loses it, screaming about how that was the dress her daughter had come for and we were ruining her first formal shopping trip. At this point, I was livid. I told her to go away, that it was also my daughter's first formal and she should have come earlier. She walked over to her daughter's fitting room and started loudly telling her that the rude people had every dress in her daughter's size. We had six dresses. My daughter tried them all on, but was having trouble deciding which out of the three this woman wanted was her favorite, all while listening to this woman make a scene. I told my daughter to get dressed and hung the three dresses she definitely didn't want on the go-back rack, keeping the three dresses the woman wanted in my arms. Entitled mother came over as my daughter came out of the fitting room and very nastily asked her if she'd made a decision. My daughter was almost in tears. I made up my mind at that moment. We've decided to take all three, I said smugly. That way she can decide in the comfort of her own home with no pressure. She tried to tell the cashier that it wasn't fair, but the cashier just told her that I had every right to buy as many dresses as I wanted. After we got home, my daughter put on a fashion show for me, her dad, and siblings with all three dresses. She chose the red one. Best money I ever spent. I don't think it was a jerk move at all. You know what, original poster? I completely agree with you. It's not your fault she got there after you guys and you guys were trying on similar dresses in a similar size. But her sense of entitlement only ultimately screwed over her daughter, who wanted one of those dresses at least. The daughter wasn't really mentioned in all of this and sounds like she wasn't really the one making a big fuss about it. If entitled mom had just been a decent human being and understanding of the situation, she would have had the option to try on those dresses. Excellent move from our original poster though. I really love this one.
I found out this guy was going to rob my little brother, so I made sure I got to him first. So let's start with some background. I'm an ex-drug addict and a bad one at that. I was doing heavy drugs already by the time I was 16. So I'm from a not-so-small town that has a bad gang and drug population. I have two little half-brothers who live a town over, and their city is considered very nice. My little brothers are the complete opposite of me. They get good grades, are in sports, and are very popular. And we're only a year apart. We didn't get along very well back in the day, but I would have died for them. I love my brothers. So when I was 16, I had and still have to this day two good friends that were from the city my brothers were from. They tended to use drugs more recreationally, and they didn't like me when I was strung out. Well, one night, they went out to make a purchase from a new dealer in town. We'll call him Shady Dealer. That night, when my friends were walking home from Shady Dealer's house, a group of dudes rolled up on them and robbed them and beat them up. Bad enough that one of them lost eyesight in his left eye. There was nothing I could do at that point, as I had no proof that it was Shady Dealer who set them up. So nothing was done. It's now one year later, and I've been bare-knuckle boxing for three years, with a very well-known Mexican gang in order to fund my drug habit. At this point, I'm well-connected. I've kept a close eye on Shady Dealer. I hear that Shady Dealer is planning a robbery very similar to what happened to my friends a year prior. Only this time, the mark is my little brother and his best friend, who I did know like to use recreationally. This setup was on a Friday night. I found out on Thursday. Remember that I've been keeping track of this guy. I know everything about his crappy home life. I know his dad is a construction worker and is gone at 4am and is home around 3, if he doesn't go to his favorite bar that is. His mom is out of the picture. I know why, but I'm not going to get into that. And that's it. Nobody else lives there. So at 4.15am, I jumped into his backyard with my balaclava and a couple of weapons and walked right into the back door into his room, beat him, robbed him, and left him zip-tied to the toilet. Aftermath, I heard that he had over six broken bones and after he got out of the hospital, his dad kicked him out. I'm not entirely sure why. I know he likes his drugs and no other family would take him in out of fear. And friends know what he likes to do to other junkies. So he ended up homeless and now he's in prison for, of all things, armed robbery. So yeah, don't even think about hurting my family. This one got pretty serious. I never like when violence comes into play. Typically, I prefer to try and find another solution when at all possible. But it seems like we're in kind of a different situation here regarding the people involved. Maybe it does sound like this guy got what was coming to him. I just find it hard to cheer for our original poster in a situation like this. I completely understand. He was going to hurt your brother and you made sure you took care of it. I can't really fault you for that. At the end of the day, in this story, our poster is still the hero. You almost kill someone we respect and put the blame on us? That is not acceptable. So setting the scene for my story, it's the early, early 90s, and I was in my 20s, working as an electrician with my best friend. We were known as the Hawkeye, me, and the Trapper slash Honeycut team of our crew, and we kept everyone on the job site laughing and in good spirits, even in the worst of times. We were working new construction of an elementary school and had been on site since the very beginning. We were two weeks away from punch-out. That's where construction is complete and inspections are done looking for any flaws or corrections that need to be made. Anywho, the superintendent over the whole construction site was a major jerk face and had been since day one. He was new and wanting to make a name for himself. 
It was his first time running a job and he made several mistakes and always blamed others. Remember me mentioning the worst of times? He constantly cut corners to save on cost, which would turn around and bite him later on. He had gotten several good hands fired. He would run good contractors off the job and bring in friends to replace them. The drywallers and painters were a couple of examples, and I heard that he had half the plumbers run off and replaced with his crew as well. He was a total jerk to us electricians as well, wanting us to work overtime but not willing to pay for it. He was really wanting to keep us behind so that he could charge the company fines. Our small company finally brought in a couple of extra hands, which set him off even more because we were starting to catch up. By the time Christmas rolled around, we were ahead of everyone else, and as mentioned, the job was near punch-out status. Two weeks before Christmas, my friend's car, since I was his roommate, I carpooled with him as I didn't have my own transportation, lost its rear end, and we, my best friend and I, missed two days of work repairing it. The jerk-faced superintendent saw this as an opportunity and told our job foreman to have us fired. If not, run us off the job site. He tried to kick us off property himself, but had no legal means. Tried to have our foreman run us off, citing we were unsafe and a distraction keeping others from getting work done. His argument was dismissed since, as I mentioned, we were ahead of everyone else. It was the day before Christmas Eve, our last day before we would be off for the holiday. He knew our supervisor who was visiting that day was deathly afraid of snakes. Earlier that day, a small rattlesnake had been found hibernating beneath a porta potty that had been moved and killed. Gotta love Texas. The jerk-faced superintendent had brought a cooler full of beer for his crew for when the day ended. Well, our supervisor made his rounds, inspecting our work and talking to our foreman, and since we were his last stop, was ready to leave and start his holiday. The superintendent told him to have a beer and pointed out the cooler. Our supervisor opened the lid to the cooler and had a heart attack. Literally, the dead snake was inside. When the EMTs finally cleared him, the supervisor was telling him that he saw me and my friend at the cooler earlier that day and blamed us. Of course, we had been under the foreman's nose all day, in which half of it was with the supervisor, and our supervisor was aware of Jerkface's tricks, so he did not give in to the demands of having us fired. Now time for the revenge. My friend and I did not take kindly to our supervisor being harmed nor to the blame being pinned on us. Do to us what you will, but do not harm those in whom we have respect. Like I said, it was the last day of work before the Christmas holiday. We had Christmas Eve and Christmas off. After work, my friend and I drove to a bait shop and picked up a gallon of Catfish Charlie. For those who don't know, catfish are really attracted to foul odors, and Catfish Charlie was one of the stinkiest baits used for catfish. I mean, one whiff will turn your stomach and you'll turn green. A cast iron stomach is what you need just to not lose your lunch. We drove back to the school and around back to where the air handler unit was. For those who don't know, the air handler is the main environmental unit of commercial buildings, AC and heating. We open up the main intake duct and dump the whole bucket of the catfish Charlie and close the duct back up. For good measure, we had also added about a pint and a half of water and stirred into a nice thinner paste so that it would not quickly dry out. I did learn that even though I was a longtime smoker, I could hold my breath for a full minute and a half and my friend two minutes, probably due to him being ex-military. Neither of us could see for about 10 minutes due to the tears, and it was a miracle we didn't lose the contents of our stomachs. Even in Texas, winters can get cold including on the coast, and this was in a particularly cold winter, staying in the 20s and teens Fahrenheit. It even snowed on Christmas, not enough to write home about, which maybe happens once every 10 to 15 years. Remember, this was Wednesday, 
and like I said, we had Christmas Eve and Christmas off, and then the weekend. Four full days for that stink bait to stew in the running heat system. Come to find out later that the jerkface superintendent and his cronies had forgotten to lower the main thermostat before leaving for the long winter holiday weekend. The thermostat is normally lowered to 50 degrees Fahrenheit when closed during cold weather, and raised to 82 degrees Fahrenheit when closed during warmer. Yeah, it was left at 75 degrees Fahrenheit that whole weekend. It's Monday and my friend and I pull up to quite the scene that morning. Martians on all fours seem to be littering the grounds of the school, projectile vomiting spewing everywhere. There was an ambulance and three fire trucks on the scene with firemen in full rubbers, including respirators running around everywhere. All of the doors and the windows of the school were open with giant fans venting the buildings. The air was putrid and we turned green upon exiting the vehicle. Oh my god! Was all I could say. What the hell happened here? Our boss was sitting on the hood of his car next to ours his breakfast fully painting the ground. The jerk-faced superintendent and a couple of his guys were in the back of the ambulance on oxygen, as they had taken the full brunt upon opening the building. Okay, let's tally the damage. The smell had permeated everything, and I mean everything. The school, besides the cafeteria, was fully carpeted. The drop ceilings were of the fiberglass type, as well as the insulation, so they absorbed the smell. The walls that weren't cinder block were papered and not painted. Since the inner ductwork was the insulated type on the inside, all of that had to be replaced as well. Needless to say, tens of millions of dollars in damage. Also, a fence had to be erected to prevent such a thing from ever occurring again. Come to find out, the superintendent had skipped on the insurance and pocketed the money. So, needless to say, it fell on his company to cover all of the costs. All of his underhanded dealings came to light in the end as well. Needless to say, he lost his job and was arrested, losing his contractor's license. Forever. Our boss never said anything, but I'm thinking, due to the way he grinned at us after that day, that he had his suspicions that it was us. But he never turned us in, and did put in for us to get a big raise. Since the smell didn't permeate any of our stuff and our jobs were complete anyway, the plumbers, electricians, and pipe fitters were spared from ever having to enter that mess. Yeah, nearly 30 years. I guess the statute of limitations are well up, so I can safely tell the story. I want to admit that I do feel ashamed for doing it. Being young and dumb and all is also a great excuse, but a good contractor service went bankrupt, and a lot of jobs were lost in the end. And from what I hear, the school still has a foul odor, even today. Well, about 18 years ago, from what I heard. Yeah, we expected to stink up the place, but didn't expect such a result. So, was I the jerk? Wow, this one really got out of your control, I think. It seems like it was just kind of a funny prank that you were doing on a jerk, and it seemed justified at the time. But given what the end result was, whether it was something that you intended to happen or not, I am going to have to call you the jerk on this one. It's kind of funny, but it's also very unfortunate for the people that actually had to deal with this awful situation. Not only was the jerk punished, which I'm totally for by the way, but a lot of other people who didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Just unfortunate. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.